0: hour Art check best of podcast we go live Monday Wednesday on YouTube 9 p.m California time and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later you can always check things out at Corycurcom slash 48 HR we take the best conversations from those
1: live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast Today's topic is the value of downtime to your productivity. It sounds like a counterintuitive thing, but actually carving out time to allow yourself a break um, is super important. If if you only push hard all the time, uh, what you're going to find is that you might be sending, spending the same amount of time. But you're going to be less productive over time, and it's kind of like if you're um, like Stephen R. Covey, who wrote, uh, you know, Highly Effective Habits. uh, He he calls it sharpening your saw. You know, if you if you if you have like a saw or an axe or something, and you're chopping down trees, and you never take the time to sharpen it, even though like while you're sharpening it, you're not actively cutting down a tree. um, If you never take the time to sharpen it, eventually it gets so dull. That you're just beating the the edge of the tree with this dull piece of wood or dull piece yeah. of metal, right? Um, whereas if you would take the time to stop working, quote unquote, and sharpen your saw, then uh, you're going to work more effectively, more efficiently, um, and in a way that doesn't cause you, you know, to kind of burn out and go in these kind of neurotic kind of like spurts, you know, sprints and crashes. And so I thought it would just be an interesting topic because Josh has an hour-long commute um, and is going into rush season, um, and I've had to ch- actively, be- because of because of the reasons that I am productive in the evening, because it's it's like my productivity is kind of like self-medicating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I produce things because it makes me feel good. That can turn toxic really fast because I can uh, never stop doing it. And, and then I, and then I burn out and it, and it hurts my relationships and it hurts my mental health and everything. And so, um, but then there's also like studies and stuff that we could talk about. So anyway, I just, I just wanted to kind of introduce that topic. Um, because it seems like if you were to, if you were to kind of come at this podcast, um, and just hit a couple of these episodes, um, you might think that, that that Josh and I were the type of people who would um, be that kind of cult of busy, the kind of worship of of pedal to the metal situation, and and I'm very much not that. I think that's a super toxic thing to like to to worship at the feet of, of p- burning the candle at both ends for yeah. 24/7. You know, that's it's just not a it's not a good or healthy thing. But people who are not in a healthy relationship with productivity often look at it in extremes and say, well, I can, I can either do what I'm doing, which is the bare minimum. I go to work, I do what the bare minimum is, and then I entertain myself into numbness until I sleep, or I can pedal the metal, burn the candle at both ends, give up sleep all the time and, you know, and just become this machine there. There's a nice nuanced middle Um, and, and that's, I believe where there's a nice healthy spot to be where, um, if you need sleep, you, you sleep. And if you need a break, you take a break. Um, but you do make choices to produce, um, in spite of opportunities to, to, you know, to not do that or to, to, you know, do something that isn't worthwhile or, or waste a bunch of time, or give in to the resistance of that. And so there's this there's this weird balance because um, you've got to push, but pushing too hard is unhealthy, and not pushing at all is not productive. And not I, I don't feel like you're living your best life. So yeah, kind of initial thoughts.
0: Yeah, well, um, so I'm I, just for anybody who might be skeptical who's listening. Although I think there's so much truth to it, I, I doubt you would. But but if if somebody is skeptical of it, as if like what's this new idea, this kind of self-helpy idea? Um, this is actually something that like I mean Abraham Lincoln was quoted as saying, "Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. So um, and and Lincoln was under a lot of pressure and probably very overworked. But um that that's a guy who was saying that he spends a lot of time in preparation and thought and then you know the the minor amount of time in the action. Um that that the action like there's action the whole way through, but one action is is kind of smart and the other is decisive and, and full of movement, right? Um and so like that's something to kind of consider and and definitely something um that I tend to swing on the, on the side of the two kind of personalities. I tend to be the one who I, I'm always more on the verge of like burning the candle at both ends. Um, and so it's something I have to be conscious of. And I think people sway one way or the other. Um, and this isn't a personality thing because I think when you start feeling, well, like I was describing about leading an art team, when you, when you accomplish the impossible, it's kind of a high, um, that can be a really dangerous high um, if you go too full bore into it, because like, once again, then your life becomes about work. And uh, if your life is about work, then you're going to find yourself burning out. Um, And, but like I said, there's a, there's a real positive thing to it. So like, I think once you've experienced that or experienced um, what Corey and I experience all the time, which is like, you know, completing projects and like getting, getting these, like these dreams we have like st- sort of starting to carve away at them and actually seeing things come to fruition out of it. Um, that becomes really addictive and that can be really deceptive as well. And and like I said, I think we're both kind of more on the side of like pro- probably trending towards the, the, the latter um, version where where you know, we're, we're tempted to burn out. So for me, I have to consciously remind myself on, um, to kind of like, like Corey was describing with his kid. Like um, I have moments like that with my son all the time today. We were, he's really obsessed with like Mario brothers, even though he doesn't have a gaming system. And so we have all these Mario figures and like, he makes levels in the room and like, we like jump Mario through all these things and Mario's like fighting these other people and like dinosaurs are coming into the mix and like trying to eat everybody. And like, There's these games with these complex rules we come up with. And if I'm in in my right state of mind, I'll be totally present with my son and get into the game and I'll have a good time. But if I start thinking about like, Hey, you know, like I need to work on my website. I need to like work on this other thing. I need to work on these big dreams and stuff. Suddenly I'm a really bad dad with a son that I'm starting to resent because it's pulling from my time. And rather than thinking like, hey, I'm lucky to have this time with my kid, and also not only that, but like this will give me fuel for that other stuff, because this is the gasoline for like my creative life anyway, like is my family. Like I, I love my family, it's half of why I work professionally. It's it's like the majority of why I can even do what I do is because I have a really supportive and awesome family. So so it's like To me, that's one thing is like choosing to be present. Um, Another thing is just like doing weird things like today. I just sense that I'm like getting towards that point um, as it's starting to ramp up and that I need to read. Like I need to actually have a moment where I read some comics. So I finally picked up um, this book on the way home from work that I ordered from my local comic shop because I'm going to consciously try to start ordering my graphic novels through my comic shop um, because they don't really carry a lot of indies near here. But, um, but this is the third Berlin book by Jason Lutz. And so I need a little bit of that to kind of fuel my creativity. Cause if, if I'm just blindly working on my graphic novel without paying attention to graphic novels and, and cartoonists that inspire me, once again, I'm going to burn out. So it's like, um, I, t- I tend to have to consciously remind myself um, to, to, to have breaks, I, I would say I know a lot of people who have the uh, the opposite problem, where where they could use a little bit of the um, a little bit of the kick in the pants. <clears throat> Those tend to be the people who say, "Well, I don't have time, so I can't work on my projects." Um, the second somebody saying that, I feel like they probably have the the opposite problem. Um, rarely have I met somebody who doesn't have the time so
1: yeah I, I had a student i had a student come into my office today um re- really awesome student i haven't had a. I have had him in several classes um and he just said i, I just want to get some advice um from you you know he's taking um you know several 300 and 400 level classes that are all project-based plus he's got a kid at home um and his wife is also doing that and so they're managing like job school family, um, like in his senior year and stuff. Um, and Mm -hmm. then he's, and then he's also doing like, he, he's taking one of my classes, which is the capstone class, which is, um, one of the most intense experiences that, that most of these students have had. And it is, uh, it is very demanding. Um, you know, it's basically like my attempts to say, you know, let's, not kind of like peter out at the end here. Let's just sprint past the finish line and come up with three major, um, huge portfolio, um, case studies that you can, that you can come up with. So anyway, um, so with all that, he's, he's like, um, he was talking to me and, and I, and I started, I started just listing off a, a, a couple of things and I was like, you probably know all this, but I'm just going to throw some of this out there. So interrupt me, interrupt me if, if this triggers anything, but, um, I said it feels often like um, like you need to just go 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 all the time. Um, there's there's two things that are probably happening. One is the time that you are pedal of the metal on some of this stuff, um, you're probably not being as efficient or effective as you think you are, um, yeah. and, and that's because you haven't taken the time to give yourself some non-productive time, um, some downtime, a break of some kind, um, to allow your brain to kind of recuperate. Um, And the other thing is the time that it takes you to switch tasks, what what we've called that task switching penalty in the past is probably compounded by the fact that you're getting resistance into starting, you know, and, and, you know, his eyes started lighting up, he started nodding. And, and um, what I mean by that is it's when you should be doing something and then something mundane begins to feel, like the most urgent thing ever for example yeah. um several weeks ago i needed to sit down and do some stuff and for some reason i felt the pressing need to sharpen all of the pencils in my studio like i had to get that done that had to happen or or like i haven't done the dishes for a while and i'm about to go downstairs to hit you know hit the hit the studio and and then i look and i'm like I really need to do the dishes right now. It's like they can wait an hour; they're going to be fine, right? But uh, but it's that type of thing where, you know, you know you are about to move into a productive time, um, but it takes you longer than a couple of minutes. And so if, if if you actually pay attention to that ramping up time, you will notice that you can gain hours in your day, you know, twenty to sixty minutes at a time. Because what happened just there? Did you really need to? sit on the toilet for 45 minutes while you read that series of articles on Facebook and you went down that rabbit hole? Probably not. Probably you could have been done in like 10, 15 minutes and then gotten started. You know, did you really need to clean that thing or wash your car or um, just sit there because you just didn't decide to get up yet. And that's the one for me is I'm like not actually doing anything. I'm just like in a chair that isn't where it needs to be. And then that for some reason becomes the thing that stops me from starting in time. And so, uh, having, having like deliberate start times and also training your brain brain to recognize when that resistance is, is that kind of precursor procrastination of starting. Um, and as soon as you feel that you need, and I'm not exaggerating run, to your productivity space and immediately yep. do something. Like you need to just get your butt in that chair and immediately do something productive because given enough fuel, that will become your entire day, your entire week, your entire month. Years will go by and you will have never actually really started anything because there is always some really urgent, pressing thing that. Really, if you left it until a little bit later, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it feels so important at the time that, that it can stop you from starting.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Like, And and pretty much, I, I bet everybody in the chats, because from what I gather, I think everyone in our chats is a cartoonist and uh, and is active making comics. So let us know if this is your experience. Did you guys notice that, like, anytime you sit down to actually work on your comic, everyone comes out of the woodwork. Like you get calls from friends who haven't talked to you in like 10 years. Your, you know, neighbor needs help with their yard. Like every single thing that could possibly come up, like the pencils need sharpening, the, the, you know, the floor needs vacuuming. Everything's urgent or feels urgent. And, Seems to kind of happen when you're when you're ready to get in your art space. If you if you guys have experienced that, um, welcome to the club. That is that is part of that, and and this is something that like transcends art. Like um, it, it's definitely something I've noticed with people, and you usually can notice it better if you're not the person in it. Like how how many of you guys have have had moments at a workplace where somebody's on a diet. And then that day, they just started their diet. but guess what? Somebody brought in donuts like, and it's and and you can see the person gradually break down from something that's positive to eating that donut. and it's like that's that's pretty much the life of doing art you 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 actually have to be like, no, I've made a decision to do this art, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna sit down and do it. And what's weird is. By doing that and honoring that, you experience that less and less. Like to me today, it was not a hassle to get to my art. I had a window that was open, and I got to it, and I got my my art done for the day. I, I and I was I was pleased to just have that moment. Like I saw this window of open opportunity, and I took it um, without hesitation, without resistance. But that is something that's built up. And if I take a week off from doing what I'm doing, I'm going to experience all that resistance again. Um, because that's the nature of this thing. We're doing something that's bettering ourselves. And in order to do that, it has to be a conscious choice that you just repeat and repeat and repeat. Um, and, and once you've done that, what you'll find, it, that's the weird part of it. If it, At first it's going to feel like you're not getting a break and at first, you kind of have to be kind of hard on yourself, like, and be like, "I'm not going to get a break. I'm going to sit down. Like it's like the hundred days challenge. You're like, I'm going to carve out thirty minutes a day and work on the thing I want to do." So I have a and, trick. Yeah,
1: tell, but the tell new me, thing, Go ahead. Sorry.
0: The the byproduct of that is like often you'll end up with more time because you've you've actually prioritized your task, and so once that's done. You, you not only get relaxation time, but it's real relaxation because you don't have this weight over you. Um, and this is something I think most creatives feel if they really need to create. Um, they feel this weight, like this pressure, like I should be working on this. I should be – and it's like a shame cycle. Yeah. And it can last for years, and that's not pr- productive. There's a lot of studies on shame. We can do that as a topic too. But Brene Brown's really – brilliant writer and actually has a whole Netflix special that I've watched like half of, Um, but I've read a couple of her books and stuff. Um, But she has some brilliant work on shame and like just psychological studies on shame and how like unvaluable it is as a tool for motivation for people or
1: for change. Yeah. And her, and her difference between shame and guilt is fascinating.
0: Oh, it's so good. Um, and we'll, we'll have to touch on that. But the point being, like, if you're in that shame cycle um, and you're not actually being productive, then your relaxation time is just the shameful, depressing time that – whereas if you actually get that chunk done you, and you have relaxation time, like, it, it's brilliant because you don't have this weight over you. It's just like this – it's actual relaxation. Like today, um, you know, I'm planning on carving out, like, 30 minutes to read this comic I'm going to be able to like sit and read this comic, which yeah. which is something that where I had had, had I come home cause I've been really excited about this. This is a book I've been waiting for, for like four years. Um, it's the conclusion of like somebody's masterwork that they've worked on for over 15 years. And it's, it's, I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, if I had sat down cause I was so excited to read that and just bypassed the need for me to do my comic, it would have been a longer read I would have been less attentive to what I was reading because my mind would be split focus between, between the art I needed to do that I'm not doing (laughs) and this book. Um, and so like the relaxation is actually more tension and you're adding more tension, which means more stress, which means more doubt, which means more shame cycles. I, I, I'm, I'm getting a little too into it, but I guess my point is like, um, the the weird thing is by doing that kind of regimented uh, thing, it, it's like you're actually answered with with rest and sleep. It's re- it's really weird. It's a, it's a weird trade
1: off, you know. Yeah, and and so um, I I think we should definitely tackle shame and guilt as a, as a topic. Um, I want to I want to kind of talk about this trick that I've I've started to do with myself um, because. I find what you just described to be, to be very valid where, um, I, if, if I'm not working on my stuff and I'm using that as a procrastination rather than as a mental downtime, um, to recuperate and, and re rejuvenate, um, it is a very kind of, downward cycle thing where I'm not present in that moment. I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. I'm not relaxing. I'm just mentally beating myself up. So here's, here's one way that I've been able to kind of use both of those things to my advantage um, is I will set little micro goals and I will reward myself with, with this. And so I'll be like, okay, I need to be productive for this amount of time. And then mm-hmm. I, and then I will stop and reward myself with, you know, playing, playing a video game for 30 minutes or, you know, reading a comic or, you know, going on a walk outside or taking my motorcycle out. Um, and if, if I just take my motorcycle out and I just drive around for like an hour, um, I, I don't really enjoy that. But if I am using that as a, like, um, a break to kind of give my body and my mind a rest from... Some like serious production, um, man. It's it's so good and it's so relaxing and I love it. Yep. Um, and so um, T J Dupree has an interesting comment. He said that is so valid. I'm not a cartoonist, but I do graphic design and fine art. Same thing happens. There's a period of time where starting my art project is even painful, and I look for that other thing, which I really know better than because creating becomes a Zen space for me, and it's just the starting that I actively or subconsciously avoid, which is really interesting because a lot of this became super clear for me when I was reading Stephen Pressfield's War of Art because he has this concept of resistance, and he literally says what what, what TJ just said, which is, that resistance um, does not um, try to stop you while you're producing; it tries to stop you from starting. And so, yeah. the, the difficult part is the battle to start. And so, that, that was that was one one piece of advice that I gave my student is like be very conscious because you don't have a lot of time right now in your final semester, you know, um, and and be very conscious of um, how long it takes you to start. Um, yeah. The the other thing. Um, the, the other piece of advice that I think was super important that I gave was um you need to uh, label and carve out and fight for blocks of time yeah and uh, and that includes blocks of time to rest blocks of time to sleep blocks of time to eat blocks of time to go to school blocks of time to work on your projects um, blocks of time to spend like it sounds really um, almost uh, pedantic, or really kind of like overly robotic, or overly analytical. Um, but there are some exceptionally busy people. They yeah. get they get a lot done by by just doing two things. They just dedicate specific blocks of time. This is the time that I do this, and when they're doing that, that's the only thing that they do. And this yep. is so hard for me because. To this day, I still believe that I can multitask, um, even though neurologically I know that it's, it's impossible. Um, so interesting interesting little factoid. Um, men, men are completely incapable of multitasking. We can task switch quickly, um, so, but we can't multitask. Women can multitask. Uh, women's corpus callosum, which is the, the gateway between the two lobes, uh, the two hemispheres are um you know like ridiculously large compared to men's um but um but that you know there's some trade-offs with compartmentalization and whatever um but but men and women both whether whether you have a giant corpus callosum or not um like splitting your focus amongst a number of different things yeah. does water down your experience in that thing and so if you have um, if you have some dedicated time, um, dedicate that time. Don't just say, this is the time that I'm going to sort of do this thing while I also do a bunch of these other things. And I, I kind of like incrementally, you know, push all 15 of these balls up the hill, like a centimeter at a time, like now get one ball up that hill and then put it down and then go get another ball, get that ball up that hill. Um, because you know, what's really going to happen is you're not going to really make any progress on anything and you're going to do subpar work and your thought processes are not going to be dedicated and, and things like that. And so another thing that I think um, that I, that there was a piece of advice that I gave today was, was um, dedicated blocks of time and then be present in those, in those blocks. Yeah. So, um, and then, that's great. sorry, Go ahead.
0: That's great advice. And I think, um, I think just just kind of tacking on to that, um, one of the things you mentioned earlier about like kind of carving out blocks of, of time for different things like rest and stuff like that, it, that also ties into um, the kind of like reward system that you psych yourself out to. And I think most cartoonists I know use that all the time where it's like, when I finish this panel, then I will get a glass of water. Right. When I finish this panel, I will do this. When I finish this uh, text bubble, then I will do this. And it's like you're taking a giant task. Like it, all of this has, has to do with back planning. What you're doing is taking a, a big unachievable task and you're carving it into little chunks that are achievable. And then you're rewarding each achievement along the way. So this ties into something we talked about last week too, which is reflecting on your success like you're allowing yourself a moment to pause and kind of celebrate that you finished a little thing. And by celebrate, I just mean like you're, you're just doing daily stuff, but you're breaking it up and making a conscious effort to value those things. So like um, to me, I think that's, that's super important. And that's an effective way to be able to uh, cut out some of that task, switching penalty because like I said, if you've kind of pre um, – they call it priming in, in psychology. But if you've primed yourself for, um, for the coming change, the change is way less shocking to the system. Yeah. So even if it's a simple change, like, I like I, you know, it sounds like I'm joking with the glass of water, but the, I'm not. Like, even if it's a simple change like that where it's like i got to finish this part and then I can have a glass of water – And then I'll, you know, I'll have that walk away from the table to get back. Um, If you break things down into increments, um, they get incrementally done. Whereas if you try to tackle the whole, which is usually the, like, I think that's one of the most crippling things that prevents people from starting is like trying to just tackle like the whole chunk. Oh, yeah. Like get this whole thing done today. And what's weird is by trying to do that, you can be less effective than being like, I'm going to get this chunk done, then this chunk done, then this chunk done. Because because like I said, it's it's much more crippling to try to kind of take on a boulder um, and move it up a hill. It's a, it's a lot simpler if you break the boulder into little pieces that you can move up the hill, you yeah. know? Um, it's just, it, it's, you know, one's a much more effective way to get it actually done. Whereas the other is kind of a Sisyphean kind of task. <laughs> like you're, you're kind of setting
1: yourself up for. Ravens and e- eagles eating your liver every day. And exactly. Those eagles. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I think it'd be interesting at this, at this point to talk about some of the neurological benefits. Um, and, and we're coming up on an hour. So, so I'll be really fast. <laughs> There's yeah. some super interesting studies talking about downtime, um, and and basically what they've done is they've they've categorized that restful wakefulness. And I, I've talked about this a lot because I because I'm super interested in it. I'll stop saying the word super. Um, but the uh, restful wakefulness is where you're not asleep and you're not in programmed time. It's unprogrammed time. And so when you are watching television, when you are um, doing something that someone else is taking over your sensory and perception um, of of what's going on. That is programmed time um, where your mind doesn't get to decide what to think or feel, but you are being programmed by somebody else, which is still fine, right? But like watching TV and watching a movie, they're fun, and they can be good breaks. Um, But the real value in those is in processing that information with other people afterwards, uh, which is a whole different thing. Um, But... um, Unprogrammed time, so being bored or or um, doing something that is that involves uh, fine motor skills, uh, coarse motor skills, um, but not a lot of process of thought. Um, this this can all lead you to daydreaming, and daydreaming is a state that happens when you're in d- the default mode network. And the default mode network is a state of mind that has been proven to increase your long-term memory um, increase your empathy with other people, increase your creativity, um, almost to the point where, um, it's a one-to-one ratio where you are more creative, the more time you have up to a point, and then you start to go crazy actually. Um, and and so that's why solitary confinement in jail is like really cruel is because it, it, you know, we're not meant to not be, um, you know, like like to be unprogrammed time, 100% of the time. Um, but the more bored you are immediately before trying to do something creative, literally the more creative you will be, and they've done they've done studies on that. Um, and then also your visual spatial reasoning and your neuroplasticity, um, which is your mind's ability to adapt and learn new things and to make connections between previously unconnected events or and and facts. Um, and skills and things um, increases as well and and they've done a lot of studies that that as little as thirty minutes a day of restful wakefulness unprogrammed time while you're awake um, will give you these huge benefits and so um, i I am bad at this, but I'm trying to get better at it, but like Try things like this, and it will, and you will see that your production, and your creativity, your relationships with other people, um, your memory, and and all of these things will start to start to increase if you just do simple things. Try this: try pooping without your phone. Try going to sleep without your phone. Try walking to work or school, or commuting to work or school. Um, partially in silence. Um, Mm -hmm. Try just being in nature without a screen in your face. Even if you just have to go to the park and lean up against a tree, Um, try to try to try to subtract distraction for a short period of time, 10, 15 minutes a day um, Mm -hmm. and try to add some sort of mindless creation where you're not thinking through the process. um, But it's just something that you can manipulate with your hands. If you do that, um, you will see huge watershed um, level neurological developments. And I, I've done this every semester for the past five years um, with my students. And I have really interesting comments. Like They say things like, I've started to dream again. I haven't dreamed in years. You know, Or I've started to realize that my brain will solve super complex, difficult problems if I just do the dishes without um, the TV on. You know, and all of this stuff starts to happen, and it's – so in in my little microcosm of the world, um, it's been proven time and time again. So it would be really interesting if you are on the edge of burnout or on the flip side, if you are um, kind of just wallowing in that that ramping up, unproductive, nasty nothingness of – you know, not doing anything um, and you want to get into that kind of middle range where you can kind of oscillate back and forth, but still maintain like a healthy level of productivity, try adding to your day some downtime um, and try deleting from your day some distraction. Um, And that doesn't mean I'm saying everybody should delete all their accounts and throw all their devices away or whatever, but like for a period of time, if you do that, you'll have huge benefits.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and like we said at the top, you know, like for me, it's, it's my, I commute for about an hour and a half and it's a blessing and a curse because the blessing of that is like there are often times on my commute where I'll listen to podcasts and stuff, but I usually spend at least a half an hour just in silence, just allowing my brain to think and, and like to think whatever, like it, it, without kind of, um, it's, it's kind of like a meditative moment and like mm-hmm. I think that there there's a lot of studies on uh, as, as hippie as it sounds like there there's a lot of psychological studies out there about the benefits of mindfulness yeah. and of meditation and um, you know I think that carries a lo- across a lot of different philosophies the idea that there are moments of still are, are very bre- beneficial to your brain's um, health and to thinking health. Um, and you know, unfortunately I think in, in like marketing and advertising and in like kind of the fast paced world that like most graphic designers and illustrators and cartoonists are in, I don't know if it's valued as much as it should be. Um, because like, like I said, if you want to think outside of the box, you need, you need a moment to actually get outside of the box and really think. Um, and 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 unfortunately, like I think, those moments of quiet decrease the more our society kind of moves towards uh, social media and stuff. So I think that's that's excellent advice, Corey. That's I, really cool.
1: I think that's those good. those moments of quiet decrease as we move towards transhumanism, and we're all going to be cyborgs soon.
0: I have well, yeah, robots s- <laughs> that are going to all take all of our jobs are are trying to condition us to no, robots. Be
1: Beyond the robots that are taking all of our jobs, I'm talking about, um, I really think wearable tech is going to turn into, implantable tech is going to turn into, we are all going to be, uh, you know, like have additional senses i'm going to have a microchip that will give me the ability to see ultraviolet i'm going to you know and then and then all of that is going to anyway this is a whole different discussion but all that is going to happen uh brought to you by uh giant corporations or the government either of those are going to um not allow you to not be sold as a product to the advertisers um and so so, anyway that's that's a whole different thing i just
0: wormhole we we cannot get into it tonight but uh, continue. get out so, your,
1: get out your tinfoil hats and uh, and just know that while you're allowed to you should you should enjoy moments of silence yes that's <laughs> where you
0: really see the secret messages that are coded in our cross-hatching um that's a callback <laughs> to an older, older episode. <clears throat> but i do want to go in that wormhole um Some other time. Thanks. uh, Thank you to everybody who's like joined us in the chats. Um, It's been pretty cool. Um, TJ Dupree was asking if you could leave the name of some of the books you mentioned. Um, And also mentioned that sleeping without tech is hard. Falling asleep, listening to podcasts is my norm. I really recommend um, sleep without um, any devices because I, I do think the thought processes that you have, like even five minutes before going to bed, um, carry into your sleep. And like often, if if you're allowing controlled thought to kind of happen before you go to bed, like you'll wake up with controlled thought as opposed to your own thoughts. So um, yeah, uh, but but yeah, so I'm sure Corey, maybe you can give him some some of the books. Yeah, so um,
1: if if you want to if you want to go down this rabbit hole of, of the connection between boredom and creativity, um, I haven't read books on that. There there are a lot of articles about studies, and just look at boredom and creativity. You'll see some stuff about cab drivers, several things about mice that they've done, um, several that, tests on on creativity and things like that. Um, I, I had a site at one point in time turn off to activate. Um, which uh, I let go when I switched over to Squarespace, but I still have that hosted somewhere. I just can't remember the link, so I'll, awesome. I'll post I'll post that in the description of this video. Um, oh. And uh, once oh. once I remember where that is,
0: yeah. Um, all right, cool. Um, so I th- I think that about wraps it. I mean, that was a great uh, conversation. Um, so uh, you can check out more of Corey's awesome art and thoughts and just amazing stuff at. at um, um You can subscribe to the podcast um, and follow the podcast at CoreyKerr.com backslash 48HR. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast, uh, just please leave it a nice review in the in the review section. Um, the best place would be. The Apple Store, uh, just leave us like a a five-star rating, four-star, whatever the highest star is, and a comment. Or if you think we're worth one star, leave that and leave a terrible comment. But either will help the algorithm and trick the robots into getting us more listeners. And then uh, you can check out uh, my stuff at joshuakembal.com. And as usual, you can also go to quarterlystories.com, and that will take you right to Quarterly Stories on that page. And uh, that'll pretty much do it for uh, one forty five. So we will see you guys. Oh, um, also, if you're around tomorrow, um, I think Corey might be joining us. But uh, I'll be doing art casters with the special guest Kevin Cross, and uh, and probably with Corey as well. So we will see you guys then. And then, like Corey mentioned too, uh, an unusual day for an art check, but definitely tune in on um, on Sunday. Sunday well on Corey's channel because we'll be doing a 48 hour art check with i'm sorry with
1: the, the taylor, cast- taylor cashton
0: taylor cashton who's a badass kind of heavy hitter graphic designer and uh like cory iterated at the beginning it's it's just it sounds really like a great topic so um probably tying into the one we had yeah. so we will talk to you guys then